Hello there and welcome to Holistic Health Detective. I'm Rebecca Jones and in today's episode we are going to talk about asthma and uh, the investigative sort of pathway I took with my first patient who had severe asthma, very severe, and uh, basically understanding the factors like what what are the actual factors involved in asthma. There are three and uh, how to approach each of those from a nutritional biochemistry point of view and then working with various uh, supplements and different doses and forms to achieve the result which you would expect based on the the uh, the principles the nutritional principles all right so let's start with the factors these three factors that are involved with asthma now one of these is usually dominant in one person so one person would have one of these factors as a dominant thing and then the other two to a lesser extent so number one inflammation so the inflammatory response is exaggerated in uh, asthmatics and what happens with inflammation actually is the airways become inflamed and they swell they they fill up with water and then it restricts the passage of air into the lungs and then you have this feeling of um, breathlessness so that's what the steroid inhaler is uh, for basically it uses a steroid to suppress the inflammatory response so the, the swelling in the airways doesn't occur and then the the air flows more freely so that's the first part the second part is what they call bronco is bronchoconstriction so all the airways are have a layer they have a layer of muscle all around them and that muscle can cramp or tighten up and that what that does is it restricts in a different way the airflow so it narrows the airways um, but it's a but it's a basically a muscle cramping that's the one that's predominant with people when they go out in the cold air and they breathe in the cold air and then you know there's like this tightness there's like a reaction to the cold and it causes the muscles to kind of to tighten up there so the way that's handled prescription wise is with Ventolin so Ventolin stimulates adrenaline and adrenaline opens the airways by relaxing those muscles and that's how that works uh it, the unpleasant part of that of course is the heart palpitations you know you when you have that little uh, surge of adrenaline and so that's why children often get distressed with that briefly because that heart rate goes up so that's the two factors the third one is mucus so some people can get a quite an accumulation of thick music mucus in there and it, it doesn't really drain away there's not particularly a medical uh, approach for that one but um, in the naturopathic world we, we have uh, answers for that okay so this patient that came to see me delightful woman um, she had severe asthma she needed her medications daily particularly bad going out in the cold air it was a quite, quite a one for her and she would she was very predisposed to respiratory illnesses so she kind of caught everything going around um, she would often end up in the hospital at least at least once every winter with a like either a viral kind of pneumonia or bacterial pneumonia but and needing IV antibiotics and sometimes more than once and uh, it was significantly impairing her quality of life so uh, now addressing these three factors I, I knew what to do with the with these which we'll go into in a second but what I 
what was new to me was how much I needed to use and what forms to, to achieve the results that I needed to achieve. And so it took a bit of work with that to get it right. So that's when I when I say you need this much of a dose, it's because I've worked it out with uh, my patients to get the result, you know, persisting until we get them well. So starting with the inflammation. So inflammation is basically controlled in the body um, by these little chemicals called prostaglandins and some of them increase inflammation so they're pro-inflammatory some of them are anti-inflammatory so you do need an inflammatory response for the immune system to function normally so you bet it's an when it's exaggerated when the when the infl- inflammatory response is too strong you get these these problems so we needed to dampen down that um or bring the pro-inflammatory chemicals if you like down and the anti-inflammatory chemicals up so they are made the anti-inflammatory ones these prostaglandins are actually made from a substance in fish oil it's called epa that's what its name is for short but it's icosa pentanoic acid so it stands for epa you don't get it in plant sources or in very small amounts you don't get it in cod liver oil or halibut liver oil it's in fish oil and there is a, a wide variety of quality in the market. So, so I can tell you what we worked out uh, to get that response, like a really good response to reduce inflammation, was between uh, 850 milligrams of EPA up to 2,000. So in that range, generally the 2,000 in the in the beginning to kind of really get things under control, and then you can titrate down to like that 800 milligrams. So if you get your run-of-the-mill capsules over the counter, each capsule will be 180 milligrams uh, of EPA per capsule. But the one I use is a liquid one. So the liquid, uh, depending on the brand, is going to be anything from 850 milligrams per teaspoon up to about 1800 milligrams per teaspoon. So quite significantly more for less volume so you get more epa for less oil volume so you don't really want to be taking you know seven eight nine ten eleven capsules that's a large volume of oil and um it's not it can it cannot be good for the stomach so uh one to two teaspoons um a day so one teaspoon a day or one twice a day that kind of that kind of thing of that high dose epa brings that inflammatory response into um under control very quickly now for that epa to convert down it needs zinc uh zinc's a double there's a double benefit there with zinc because it builds your immune system to prevent these viral infections and getting respiratory illnesses that kind of also kind of trigger the the asthma so so as i've said in many of my podcasts and videos before the the zinc you need to take high dose three months of the year repeat 12 months later so it can take a long time to get zinc up like many many months if you just do five ten milligrams a day it's just not enough you need 30 milligrams once or twice a day depending on the situation and you need to do that for three months you don't do it long term because then it depletes the copper so that's that one now with the bronchoconstriction or spasm if you like uh the it's it's a muscle the muscle wall around the around the airways responds to magnesium just like other uh, muscles do 
So I did know that magnesium is, is needed as a mineral for the muscle fibers to go into a relaxation. So they use calcium to contract and magnesium to relax. So I didn't know that. And I, and I knew that um, some of the, the like magnesium oxide, for example, is a very poor, very poor form of magnesium. Magnesium bisglycinate, for example, very well absorbed um, and tolerated. The absorption is the toler- how tolerant you are. So if it upsets your stomach, it means it's not being absorbed. That's what's, what magnesium does. So uh, we needed to work with different forms. She was taking some magnesium, was having a very, very mild benefit, but nothing significant. And so we worked on different doses and different formulations, and we found an exceptional formulation so she would take, she could take this teaspoon of magnesium powder and go out of the house and not react to the cold air in the winter. Or if her, her the chest tightened up, she could take a teaspoon of magnesium and in about 40 minutes, 30, 40 minutes, the, the chest just relaxed. The airways just opened up and she could feel the actual relaxation quite extraordinary. That formula was a bit of a genius formula and unfortunately they changed the formula uh, and it, it became less than 50% of its efficacy from previous. They started using very cheap forms of magnesium and took out the potassium and things like that. Potassium very, works very well for muscles as well. So that's not the formula I would use today, but back then it was, it was a, a absolutely fantastic formula that we did use very successfully for many asthmatics. So that's those two. Now the mucus is generally fairly easy to get control of. Uh, you can, uh, taking dairy out of the diet, which we did with her for, for about four to six weeks, for, depending on the severity, four weeks is usually plenty for most people. And then just putting the dairy back in the diet every second day base on every second day basis. So not having dairy every day. So dairy tends to be the trigger for having excess mucus for some people, if they're eating lots and lots of soy milk, soy protein, soy flour, that kind of thing that can be, um, a bit of a problem but it's not that actual common it's not actually that common it's more likely to be dairy so uh that was very easy to do sometimes when the mucus is very thick especially if there's a viral infection you can do inhalations with eucalyptus or manuka and they will thin the mucus out so it can actually drain away so just steam inhalations or over a you know steam bath with some essential or good quality essential oil to thin that, thin that mucus out, that works well. So yeah, that's what we did. Now, this particular lady, uh, she did have all of these hospitalizations, a severe asthma, and it turned out, um, even though it wasn't my intention or her intention to not take any medications, these, these approaches were not designed to replace the medication, but de- decrease her reliance on it um, by kind of addressing these like biochemical factors. And uh, yeah, she didn't need any medication. So that was extraordinary. Uh, she was super happy. I was super happy, obviously. Uh, huge change in her quality of life and not actually her first winter with no hospitalizations was a bit of a triumph for um, for both of us. So that was great. It was really great. Now these days I would definitely add in vitamin D. Vitamin D wasn't... Um, we didn't do as much vitamin D back then as we do as it's needed now, but vitamin D stabilizes also the inflammatory response somewhat and that kind of allergic response, like, you know, that allergic response where you can react to inhaled allergens, 
vitamin D is very, very good for that. You do need a vitamin D test, really, ideally, if you're going to, especially if you're going to be dosing high. And uh, the vitamin D also is very, very good for preventing respiratory infections, particularly viral ones. So that, that zinc and the vitamin D together is a bit of a magic magic one for preventing infections. So there you have it. That's what we did. It took a bit of um, trial over working out the right dose, right formula, particularly on the magnesium front and then getting the EPA dose right. You can get that um, improvement with plant-based oils. It just takes much longer. You know, you can get it, you know, within, within a couple of weeks, you can start to notice a good change with fish oil, but it's going to take, you know, three months at least with plant-based oils just because the EPA levels are so much lower than they are with the fish oil so it definitely can be done in a vegetarian context all right I hope that's helpful I hope you enjoyed that story it's one of my absolute favorites I have a lot of stories like that and uh, please feel free to pass on the information to whomever you feel might benefit and uh, if you want to continue to get these um these podcasts directly to your email and the the earlier ones that I've done please feel free to subscribe and thank you so much for listening wishing you a very happy healthy day